Hello, I'm Brad. And I'm Jason. You are listening to Dice in My Mind. This is probably one of the first, I shouldn't say first, we haven't done an episode like this so close to release in probably Since quite a we while. Started. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and when we were going through and looking at our schedule, it made sense. Jason, yep. you brought it up. It made sense to record this, even though it's going to be dropping tomorrow. Yeah. Um, record this because um, we've both been very busy for yep. the past two, past two weeks almost. And um, the book of Boba Fett came out. Yes, it did. And obviously after the success of the Mandalorian, uh, what people call the Mandoverse, um, you know, it's worth having. And since we've talked about Star Trek so much, um, changing gears. Yep. And since we are playing, although we haven't in a while, played um, some Star Wars role playing, Edge of the Empire. So it just seemed mm-hmm. logical to have an episode talking about the book of Boba Fett. Our, our early impressions. Yes. Uh, so we've been, we've been saving this just to put this in perspective for everyone. I know you and I have talked about this in the past in episodes, but we typically record three to four weeks ahead of a release date yep. to have a healthy buffer. Uh, especially, you know, in retrospect with stuff in both of our lives that's been going on the past couple of weeks, things have been busy, but we really, really want to get first impressions out to everybody where, as we record, it is the night before we release this episode, like you said, and it's only days, days after the first episode dropped about yep. a book of both of it. So, yeah, I, I think we both now, when we did, we, now we haven't, we've talked a bit over the past two weeks, but we've, we've had a lot of stuff going on. Nothing, yep. nothing deadly all good or now. anything, yep. all good, but we haven't had a lot of time to, to chat. No. So we have not talked about this before recording this. This is even more unscripted than normal. Yes. So what you're going to hear is organic to another level Yep. because we haven't even asked each other's opinion of the show no we we at all actually so that being said what's your opinion oh boy put me on the spot that's maybe a broad question let me try this what was your initial your okay no, yeah initial? yeah no it's 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 i mean it's a it's a totally fair question and that's why we're here that's why we're here recording right now as we are so i liked it I'm going to qualify some of my answers, but I'm going to, which maybe isn't fair, but I'm going to start by saying I enjoyed it. I, I, I didn't want the first episode to end. It, it finally started, started explaining things. Okay, so, so let me just pause here. Spoiler alert. Big spoiler alert. We are going to assume if you're listening, you've seen it. We're not going to share too much, but there are going to be spoilers because there's no way to meaningfully talk about it and talk about its application to role play. Okay. So that said, I enjoyed it at the end of the episode, because we've both seen it twice, I believe at the end of the episode, I, it was just starting to settle in and I wanted to see more. I had, and I have a number of questions. Now it did not wow me like the first episode of the Mandalorian. First episode of The Mandalorian, I I was totally hooked, right? Uh, in fact, my wife and my two girls and I were hooked. We were in. This one, my girls both said to me, you know, it's it's okay. It's kind of slow and dark. Um, and, and I think both of those things are true observations about the episode, but I I liked it and I I loved the soundtrack you know same same uh yeah. composer right as as mandalorian love the soundtrack it's very very interesting i'm i'm gonna stop there brad because there are a whole bunch of things i want us to talk about in terms of role playing more importantly what did you think of it your initial impressions i have the exact opposite in terms of between um mandalorian and book of Boba Fett. 
One, I was the kid in the 70s where um, my mom saved up the Kenner proof of purchase labels. Yeah. And you had to mail those in to get a Boba Fett action figure. They weren't being sold at the time. And this was back in the day where there weren't any, you know, there weren't any joints at the elbows or at the knees. So everyone walked, everyone walked or moved their arms. Yeah. Um, Mine actually had the shooting missile before they stopped that. So I've always been a humongous fan um, of him. Um, Obviously, you and I know since Jedi came out in 82, 83, Uh there's been decades of questions about what happened to him. The Mandalorian helps solve them Mm -hmm. in some ways. Mm-hmm. But for me, when I watched the Mandalorian first episode, I'm like, okay, we got some new Star Wars. It's not in a film. Okay, I'll, I'll get into it. I finally oh, got into it a little more at the end. Um, I, my son watched it and said, uh, you know, my friends say it's kind of boring. Um, as soon as they showed him in the Sarlacc pit and him trying to fight his way out, um, and sorry, spoiler. Yeah, we're back, um, we're back to Boba Fett now, the, the new show. Yeah, the Boba Fett. As soon as Boba Fett, they were showing that, I was hooked. Um, yes. And so, you know, seeing him pop himself out of the sand um, after surviving and finding his way out, um, to me, um, I was sold. Now, that being said, um, much more of a cerebral episode. Obviously, it's a setup. They were setting up relationships with other characters. Yeah, right. Seen it unseen. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the, the way they did the flashbacks where he would, um, you know, you'd see current moment and then you'd see flashback yep. to prior to current prior, probably if I'm correct, correct me if I'm wrong, prior to the Mandalorian. Well, uh, immediately after Jedi. Yeah. So um, it, to me, um, I'm ready for another episode. Big time. Um, I was ready for another episode right after I finished the first one. Yes. Um, I needed to give it, you know, the one thing we did talk about was we were going to watch it multiple times. Yeah. Um, I needed to give it a couple days to do it because I didn't yeah. want to get the same impressions twice. Yeah. I did um, the same thing, but I wanted to get, I wanted to look, I wanted to have two relative. I wanted to have one really fresh view and one another relatively fresh view. So, mm-hmm. um, I, so I had a different, I, I was a little more lukewarm to Mandalorian than I was to Fett, but I've, I've always had an affinity for him as a character. And I, even when, when they redid, when Lucas redid the trilogy for the 54th time and they <laughs> changed, um, the voices of Boba Fett in empire strikes back, um, to Tamara Morrison's voice. And then when they redid Jedi, um, and they added more material for him. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, um, you know, the, the more fat, the better. I, yeah, I agree with that. I, okay. So, so just to, to put some stuff out here for discussion, this is what's been on my mind the past. Well, what I watched it the second time just yesterday. So this is a couple of things that have been on my mind. So both in terms of just thinking about the show and <clears throat> thinking about the show as uh, as another entry point or source book, if you will, see it there, book of Boba Fett, as yep. a source book, if you will, uh, for role play. Okay, so this, so so the Mandalorian occurs about five years after Jedi, right? Yep. Okay, so this is happening. Very so the book of Boba Fett happens very shortly after the end of season two of the Mandalorian. So we're five to six years after Jedi. Now, uh, Morrison is what, 61? Yep. But, so here's a little discrepancy, but that would mean that at the height of his bounty hunting, when he worked for Vader, he was still like like 56, 55. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. I'm willing to. I'm well, willing to well, give it to them. Yeah. Well, it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. You yeah. Don't no. Know, you don't know what sort of geritol they might have been giving or had. We don't know aging. So I did. I was. Jokes aside, that was something where I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, could a 55 year old bounty hunter? Um, be like number one to Jabba and number one. To, I mean. 
it's it just is. not gonna happen. But but that's I mean I'm willing to give that to them for yeah. the sake of continuity of of not messing around with I I, I the reality is Morrison who who I I'm enjoying in the role, uh, he's yeah. just he's too old for the character, but I'm willing to look the other way on that. I just really want to just verbalize that. Check out my logic with this. Um, I, I'm, I'm biting my tongue. There are a number of pieces in terms of role-playing potential that I'm rather excited about, but well, I don't know. Don't bite your age. tongue. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think we so, are. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I guess we are because we don't know anything. Um, oh, I know what the other thing is. I have one more qualm in the Mandalorian we see that the sand people of Tatooine are largely sign-based in terms of language. And we see in Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett, that they are not. So unless that's a local dialect issue, and it might be because their attire is clearly different. This looked like a tribe that was different. And whereas in in Mandalorian, it implies that these are the sand people on the prowl in uh, what the, the, the wastes, uh, maybe closer to Moss Eisley, whereas Moss Espa is what, a good third of the planet around? Yeah. And that's where, so, so I'm willing, to, I'm willing to, to indulge of maybe it's not an oversight since they don't tend to have oversights with these shows anymore, not like that. Uh, if they put that much effort into different tribal outfits maybe maybe this is showing us a diversity and humanity of sad people we haven't seen yeah but on the flip side i mean obviously the younger juvenile that had taken fet you know who had taken fet and the um the rhodian the rhodian thank you with him um he knew full well that that or it seemed like he knew full well that that Fett and the Rodian did not know his language. So, mm-hmm. but he was still verbalizing, right. but he was also, you know, prodding and using things like that. So it almost, to me, when I, when, when I saw it in a new hope, when I saw it in Mandalorian, and we obviously know from Mandalorian more detail, when I saw it, especially here in, in the, in triple B or double BF, um, that sounds bad. Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Let's go with that. Um, yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah. Um, I still felt like it was it, it there were no, it was a nonverbalness to it, and it was more like a battle cry, you yeah, know. Maybe, maybe. Well, I'm, I'm I just bring it up because I'm really curious to see how how they run with this. Again, we've seen one of what is it seven episodes? Yeah. So, so I think yeah, I think we agree. We're we are really looking forward to the next one. I really want to see how the story unfolds. Um, Okay, so role play. Can I can I ask you a question? Because maybe you don't. So, and I might have missed this in my watch of the Men and Warrior, which means I have to re- I, I really should watch it again anyway. Um, toward the beginning of the movie, obviously people are coming to pay homage. Yep, they're giving for tributes. lack of a better term, yep. giving tributes. They used a term for him as, in effect, the crime lord. Yep. There, was that term introduced in the Mandalorian or is that something that was introduced here? I had never heard that term before and I can't remember it off the oh, top of my head. That, that they call him yes. in place of crime Lord. Yes. And it's like one of the first tributaries calls him that. Yes. Um, had, had you asked me that earlier before we recorded, I would have done my homework. I did. Yeah, notice, I know. I just, I, I just... did notice the term and I haven't heard it before. So I don't know if that's in Hutties or something else. Okay. That's what I, I thought. And again, like you, like you said, I probably should have done my homework beforehand, but we made this very organic. Um, I don't, I don't remember, but it was, it was an interesting term. And then the question becomes obviously Tatooine was controlled by the huts. Is he controlled? Is he controlling most, if not all, as the overlord of oh, the planet? That's a really good question. Um, we don't know. No. That's a re- so these are the kinds of questions that like as he and Fennec Shand are walking across Mos Espa, uh, they he he says, you know, what I think it's at the end of the episode or toward it, 
that that uh, uh, sorry, I'm having a moment. That Jabba had many many vassals, and yes. so they're going to need to reach out to them to maintain the crime empire. We we don't know. You know that's that's okay. So let's kind of switching over now into potential for role playing. That's one of the things. So, for example, this happens on Ma, this occurs in Moss Espa or near Moss Espa, uh, not Moss Isley. Now, we didn't really know much about those cities. I mean, I guess there was some extended universe stuff, but like legend stuff. But uh, it wasn't until The Mandalorian when we see the hollow map of Tatooine that we learned there are only three or four major outposts and the rest of the planet is essentially desert waste. Um, I I don't know, though I will say, I thought Mos Espa was gorgeous, was awesome as, as a city. And the chase sequences and whatnot threw it over it were so realistic. And I just, I watched that, kept thinking, um, okay, so listeners, forgive me, don't send us hate mail or, or, or hate tweets, although do get on Twitter with us. Um, uh, I, so the, the I want to say it's called Manhunt, but Manhunt is considered to be one of the greatest, if not the greatest ever written adventure for Star Wars RPG. It was one of the early West End adventures. And it came with a fold-out map uh, of, of, I believe, of Moss Eisley. And it was was considered exceptionally creative. Um, And so when we see Moss Espa from the distance, right, in that crater and and pouring up over it, I thought, oh, my God, the role-playing potential here is just immense if... If you want to do the city type, almost the dungeon crawl version for Star Wars, if you want to do the city type where you know you are in a hive of scum and villainy, and oh. now, now the powers that be are shifting, right? Like he said, like Boba Fett said, uh, I have replaced Bib Fortuna, right? Who, of course, replaced Jabba the Hutt, uh, mm-hmm. courtesy of Luke and Entourage. Um I, I just thought the the potential there for for role playing is huge, and so whereas with the Mandalorian, there's all of this story and lore and new worlds to consider for role playing. With the Book of Boba Fett, the first episode said offers us this this panoply of opportunity in a single city on a single famous to us famous to us planet. Uh, and I just thought, oh, man, like, like it made me, and even talking about it now, it makes me want to GM because it's like, oh, we could just develop the coolest adventures in a city like that. It, yeah. it, it's a, like, I think you use the term, it's like a dungeon crawl, but it's a city crawl. Yeah. Um, so again, more of a rhetorical question. You are, you introduced us into our adventure being on the edge of hut space. I do. Right? Yes. Not hut planet. No, no. Our edge of hut, hut space. What, space. What, what I called the rim for yep. you and Brian, our hybrid. So, so the huts controlled more than one planet. The huts controlled right a huge swath of the galaxy and were so powerful that even the Empire didn't try to fight them, but negotiated. So obviously between the depth, depth, death, well, I can't speak. Death of Jabba mm-hmm. in episode six. Yep. And when um, Boba goes in and kills Bib Fortuna, yep. the Huts, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. did not go in and supplant Fortuna with another Hut to control Tatooine. Oh. They either they were busy or they gave just am I missing something or their tacit approval? Well, just well, it. we because that's the thing. Like we don't know the timeline. Yeah, right. We don't. We right, right. And why? I mean, each each part of Hut Space is essentially ruled by a family. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, I never thought of that, Brad. Why wasn't Bib Fortuna kicked out? Why wasn't he replaced? So I don't know. Maybe we're gonna see. Well, a hut. I remember now. We saw yeah, and we saw. 
either Jabba's, a relative of Jabba, whether a spouse or other, in The Phantom Menace at the beginning of the pod yeah, race. Yeah. So. I think um, I think on that note, another thing that that stood out to me, very subtle. I don't I don't know how intentional it is, but I think it has, um, I think it has, it has cachet for role playing, is listening to the dialogue. Uh, it reminds us that the galaxy, a long time ago, far far away, as you said, is still pretty darn racist, right? Like wow. one thing that was really cool was to see a Trandoshan. That was cool. Yep. However, it's kind of no different than like calling uh, uh, Din Djarin, no different than calling him Mando. That's a racial slur, essentially. Mm-hmm. Essentially. And so whether it's intentional or not, I think we are getting all these excellent backdrop reminders for role-playing. I think you, I think, you know, I can understand now, now that we've had the Mandalorian and we're being teased with the book of Boba Fett, um, why playing on the air quote edge of the empire is appealing. It's one of the things I always struggled with um, role-playing Star Wars. And that was the area you jumped in first. And it wasn't because edge of the empire was the first out. By the time you had started to get into it, the other three off. source yep. books. Yeah. Yep. So. But um, it, it but draws. It, it, yeah. Yeah. And, and now I can see, mm, you know, you know, a Mos Espa crawl, a Mos Eisley crawl, a whole Tatooine crawl. Um, dealing with scum and villainy. To me, it just felt like that. We've already talked about role playing, never interfering with canon. But on the flip side, for some reason, I felt like it was, it, it just didn't resonate with me mm-hmm. until um, we started playing what we had, our yeah. game, as well as me starting watching um, The Mandalorian. Because it's it's giving us so, like you and I talked a lot about this over multiple episodes, but it yeah. gives one so much freedom with which and in which to play, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. seeing and and it's no longer just Star Wars who's doing this, although they indisputably, I think, do it the best. But but in Star Wars, there's always a frontier that that's not quite the right word. There's always well, there's always an outer rim, right? There, yeah. there, yeah. There's always the unknown. There are always countless species and planets and cultures and you know, with these shows, they are, they are, they are giving us so much more. Um, although I will say, I think there is one potential risk that, uh, though the Mandalorian, I think has been careful not to abuse it, but between the Mandalorian, now the book of Boba Fett and the up and coming, uh, Kenobi, we're going to get a lot of tattooing. Yeah, potentially. Well, obviously, potentially. We know. maybe not. Yeah, maybe we, not. We know, obviously. I mean, because a lot of what took place, the major action scenes were at Tatooine, right? Right. Or or space. Yeah. Um, but I've already, you know, without I, you know, we don't have anything. Way it's already clear that Hayden Christensen is coming back for Kenobi. Mm-hmm. So will it? Ben Obi Wan is not going to stay on planet the whole time. No, and then. As soon as I said that, I realized, in fact, most of that story won't be. In fact, it probably can't be on Tatooine until the very end of that series. Yeah, and there was this whole article about. I it wasn't it wasn't completely in the vein you talked about, but I think someone's like, okay, do we have to have another show on Tatooine? I think it was something along those lines as the title. Yeah. And someone was like, okay, well, wait a second. Remember, why would they take Luke to Tatooine? Um. Anakin slash Vader hated tattooing. Yeah. It's where he was a slave. He hated the sand. He talked about right. that all right. in, fan- in Attack of the Clones. Excellent acting. Yes, go on. You know, and so there's no, there was virtually no chance that Vader would show up on the planet. Right. He showed up over the top of the planet in A New Hope, but he never stepped mm-hmm. foot on the planet. Mm-hmm. And he never mm-hmm. sensed, and even when he did, he never sensed Luke. 
Well, and how much of that was him being shielded by Obi-Wan? Exactly. Right. So Obi-Wan, I sense we're going to see more off tattooing. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. We've already seen, and I, I know we've stepped away from, from Boba Fett, but we've already seen it's publicly available out on, out on Disney plus and YouTube and all that. Anakin and, uh, or not Anakin, Hayden Christensen and yeah. Ewan McGregor yeah. practicing sword fighting. Yep. And when you are, when they're practicing, Hayden is wearing a, a mask that looks similar to not a, not a mask like we wear yeah. for, for health, but like a, like a mask that looks like it would cover like Vader's, like the triangle. Right. So he must be having to learn to breathe and fight through those vents as part of it. Good so. observation. So yeah. yeah, but you bring up a good point. There, there could be, we have a lot of other planets. I mean, it would be nice to see Coruscant again. Oh, can you imagine what they could do with it now? Yeah. I mean, if they can make Moss Espa look like that. And that, that I think is the point in terms of the applicability for role-playing. Like I, uh, uh, you know, I've been, I've been out of the loop for the past couple of weeks. It's been my winter break. We were traveling, other stuff. You've had stuff going on. And, um, and I, I find, I find I'm, I'm, I'm starting to itch to play again, which is always a good sign. And the book of Boba Fett, it makes me, it makes me want to play some Star Wars. Cause it's like, man, it, look at the possibility. And I think, I think that's what most, uh, that's excite is the wrong word, but that's what most gets me going about these shows of beyond being just so much fun to watch just the sheer immersive creativity and the potential, the potential for it to manifest in our games, right? In one way or another. Well, think about this because let's, let me hijack here. We go to Star Trek. We can play in the original series period. We can play in the TNG DS9 Voyager period. Yep. We can start to try to play in the Picard period, the, the mm-hmm. early 25th century yep or we could play attempt to 931 years in 930 years into the future yep with the new discovery era yep um or we could even play before tos and we could play in the um pike era the pike era or discovery yeah mm-hmm. yeah and not only that you can play not only that's time periods yep you can play klingon adventures federation mm-hmm. adventures you know, I should have, I should have put our, um, I, I, I need to add, let me put it this way. I need to ask if we're going to see a Romulan source book, because I think that would be quite a cool source book to have for Star Trek, but we need to, we need to reach out. Yeah. Yeah. But that being said is we have different time eras yep. and we have different storylines. You could jump into a TNG type storyline, a DS9, yep. jump into the Dominion War. Star Wars, we only had really one master timeline and that was the Empire fighting the rebellion yeah fighting first order fighting the resistance mm-hmm. everything else was irrelevant in the yep. right john favreau dave filoni the group that is building out this new expanded star wars galaxy yeah brilliant, brilliant. giving us independent time periods and timelines right to fill the gaps yep. and as such independent time periods and timelines and um, groups that we can role play. We couldn't yes. have role played even, even with the edge of the empire. I don't think we could have, we have so much more material just from two, two television, one television series and, um, and an episode of another. Um, yes. It's so much. It's just, it's, yeah. and it's wonderful for the record, yeah. for the record, let it be noted that I did not bring up Star Trek first yep. in this episode. For the record. It just, it just, it, it was one of those things that I thought of the other night where I'm like, okay, why was Star Trek more compelling to me to look at role-playing than Star Wars at first? Well, it's because there are so many different arenas in which to play Star Trek that yeah. are, that are in effect canon developed. There really wasn't that in um star wars well and yeah. even marvel even if you role played marvel and i don't i don't know who does that people probably do well fantasy uh, flight games would like you to yeah yeah um 
there's, you know, you have different time periods, different groups, different areas. It, it opens up. Star Wars seemed to me to be very narrow. Yeah. Um, now they're fixing that. Well, and so two thoughts on that quickly. One, I, I'm quite intrigued to see what continues to reveal for the High Republic era. Because, man, that's a totally different set of options, it seems, for playing. But also, I think I lost my train of thought. High Republic. and then Different timelines, different periods. So High Republic gives us one. Boba Fett takes off on the Mandalorian. Oh, Um, thank you. Thank you. So, sorry, everybody. So, you know, I think the... I think with Star Wars, because you have, okay, so you have the original trilogy and then you have the prequel and sequel trilogies, but well, the prequels are building up to the original trilogy and the sequels are take two, right? Um, Though fun to watch. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but, but, you know, like Lucas has said, Star Wars initially really followed Campbell's monomyth of the hero's journey. And so all of the canon was around Luke Skywalker. And, and we saw the galaxy through the lens of that story, of that myth. And, and then, you know, uh, the prequels broadened it a bit. The sequels broadened it a bit, but not, not much, just more, more options within. Uh, more galaxy within, but then when you had, uh, you know, the Clone Wars started to really broaden it. The the Bad Batch certainly did. Rebels did a lot to broaden canon, and and then the Mandalorian kind of blew it wide open, right? Yep. By starting to address the gaps from a different perspective. And now we have the Book of Boba Fett, and let's, I, I mean, let's be honest. The, the the episode ended, and the second time I watched it, it ended, and I thought so. I don't think this is where it's going, but essentially we have an exceedingly high production budget to catalog the frustrations of a nascent business person. (laughs) And, and, and it's like, well, that's interesting, but, 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 you know, to, to stop poking fun at it because we both really enjoyed it. Um, these are just these shows are helping to take canon and hence role-playing material in really new directions that, you know, to go back to what you said, Brad, that are beyond the monomyth of Luke Skywalker and that start to look at the galaxy from lots of perspectives, which means you can play in all those perspectives. And that's where, here it is, that's where Star Trek historically has done better, although it's only in the past couple of years that they've begun to break the mold of everything through the lens of Starfleet. So, you know, they had the same issue, just wrought a little differently. Well, I think, you know, we could, this would be an interesting topic for another day, but, you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg? I'm a firm believer that it was really, Star Trek had the opportunity to do this before anyone else. Yes. But the problem was, is we didn't have streaming services. We didn't have, um, Businesses like Paramount or Disney, Apple, Disney Plus, whatever you want to call it, HBO Max, whatever, that had their own streaming services where they could produce great material and not have to worry about putting it on a big screen. Yes. Before streaming services, and I remember us talking about this a long time ago, when and when Discovery came out, it was going to only be on Paramount. It was only going to be on CBS Plus before they changed to Paramount. CBS All Access. Thank you. They couldn't even get a good name at the time. Yes. Yeah. And thinking to myself, well, no one's going to watch it because it's out on a streaming service. Yeah. Guess what? Yeah. Star Trek blazed the trail a little bit. They needed the streaming services. Who did a good job of it in building the? was Marvel with the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Now Star Trek can take all this material that's probably been in people's back pockets, Discovery, yeah. Picard. We've all been waiting mm-hmm. to see what happened after Nemesis, you know, and there's still a gap in there. We're getting information, but Picard's really filling that gap. Yeah. Um, Lower Decks, in, in funny ways, I was telling Jason that I'm binging that, Lower Decks is helping us post oh, uh, so Nemesis. Oh, so useful, yes. You know? 
Um, so they're filling the gaps like Star Wars is doing. Star Trek is yep. building their own cinematic universe. Yes. With yes. television shows. Oops. Now Star yep. Wars is doing it. Yes. I'm, and DC has been trying to with, you know. With, questionable success. Yeah, questionable success. I think, I think the fact that you have someone like Favreau who's lived in a very successful cinematic universe. Yeah. Um, joining the Star Wars, it will be fascinating to see what Star Wars does. And I'm going to lay this out there, um, topic for another day. Because of stuff we saw, we'll talk about, I, I, I don't want to go back to Star Trek, but Star Trek is blazing trails. The stuff that's out now, much like the original series did in the 60s. Um, we're going to see if, and even, even the cinematic universe is doing that too, um, the Marvel one, we're going to see how much Star Wars wants to do that. I'm fascinated yeah. at the thought of Star Wars delving into, um, you know, areas of what have been tradition. I don't even know the terminology. You're tr- you, you could probably verbalize it better than I could. Um, taking what are our current events here and um, applying it into that universe and seeing how it plays out, mm-hmm. you know? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. the, like you said, Luke, they didn't have an opportunity to do that. Star Trek had the stuff material, didn't have the technology to do it. Um, yeah. It's a different, we, we have talked about this before and we'll keep yeah. talking about it. It's, it's a, it's a different world. Everything is like today we signed up with Apple. What, what do you call Apple TV or okay. Apple TV plus is there a difference? Tells you how new I am. Apple TV it. plus is just Apple. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so we signed up. Oh, I think it's TV plus because then it differentiates from the Apple TV, which is a hardware. Okay. So, so we signed up because one of my daughters recently, you know, replaced her phone and we got three free months and they want to watch uh, my, my wife and daughters want to watch uh, Dickinson, yep. the new show. They just discovered it. And um, you know, I don't remember her name, but uh, it, uh, the protagonist is played by the actor who played Kate Haley, Bishop. Haley, Haley Steinfeld. Yes. Kate Bishop. <clears throat> um, and, uh, and it looks good. And so I, I, my daughter asked me this evening over supper, Daddy, is it okay if I, basically, is it okay if I watch when you're not there? I'm like, that's totally okay. Thanks. <laughs> um, that's very sweet. But then like, I will watch Foundation mm-hmm. because I've, you know, I've read, well, I mean, as you know, I, I've read a fair amount of Asimov. Well, no one, few people have read a majority of Asimov, but yeah. I've read a fair amount and I've reread a, 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 the, the original trilogy. Love Foundation, uh, developmentally impactful for me as a kid. That said, I haven't heard much positive about the show, certainly not through the lens of the books, but now that uh, we have it, I'm going to watch it. And you know, the darndest thing is at $4.99 a month. Yeah, I'm not overly incentivized to cancel it if there's anything on because we still pay so much less than cable. Anyway, so to, to kind of validate what you're saying, Brad, it yeah, it is. It's just a different world where you have all of these a la carte options mm-hmm. and it's more economical to do it that way than the old school cable of our childhood. Right? I remember the day we got cable in our house i was in kindergarten and i remember telling a teacher or my teacher that we were going to get cable right because i still remember using the box to turn the aerial oh yeah Uh, i remember yeah i I mean i I remember the big giant circular thing that you put the tv on to turn the tv with the antenna you know that we did not have (laughs) my my parent my my parents had um the original pre-cable cable in our area here called select tv Oh, wow. Which was a scrambled channel. Uh-huh. And you bought the box yeah. to unscramble it. Right. And the scramble channel was over the air. And oh, the box, the box okay. scrambled it. I did not get, and then, you know, my parents separated and, and divorced, but we didn't get cable until I was in seventh grade. Oh, wow. So, oh, you I, were but I rem- after, yeah. yeah, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine what it would have been like for, you know, a five well, I was four, so I didn't know better, right? Um, yeah. but you know, I grew up, I grew up with HBO, not, not necessarily the news, <laughs> yeah. Um, which I would never let my kids watch now, but that, that, that said, um, 
that said, I my point is now, as you're saying, you look at shows like The Book of Boba Fett, which are every episode film quality production. And we're seeing this. Um, I mean, it's just it's it's amazing. Like I I I uh, my brother kind of convinced me through a talk on our on our trip this past week, but uh I told my girls, you know, I, I think you're right. I think it's time in a month or two to upgrade our upstairs TV, as I said to you on texting, right? So that that we, we, we're not a big TV family. We're not. We have two TVs in the house, but we'll, we're going to replace the remaining 720p with the 4K, yep. right? With the Roku TV, because then, I mean, because, because now it's all there. It's like I, I watched a couple trailers for Dickinson this afternoon on the 720p and it's like that doesn't look so good yeah no i i get it and now like you said it's a la carte i mean think about it discovery the mandalorian let's just use those two as an example oh my god one there is a limited audience not not like for limited not like limited like our audience yeah but limited in terms of who would watch that um too much material to um, really put into a film form. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. They couldn't make it into multiple films because I don't think it would necessarily, I personally don't think it would be compelling. And they can, Paramount or um, the others, Disney Disney Plus, whatever, they can leverage the existing content they have. Yeah. And as such, the subscriptions they get to continue as a circle to build. The exactly. more people subscribe to the existing, the more people. So you look at these shows, you know, just a couple of years ago, you know, post um, enterprise, really um, enterprise. I hate to, I hate to say it. That killed the idea oh, of Star Trek on broadcast for quite television some time, for quite some time. You know, I mean, obviously you didn't never saw a whole lot of Star Wars on broadcast TV if they, unless they were re- rebroadcasting the movies or um, if someone hijacked the television and played the Christmas special that I was just thinking the same thing (laughs) refuses to believe exists. Um, But now you, because of these services, we have all this content. We've said this time and time again, but it still is fascinating to me. The, the streaming services, what we pay for them. Yes. It is cheaper than cable, but it's still not cheap. Let's be honest. Um, But we're paying in effect into a fund that allows them to continue to produce the materials that we want to see. That's right. And, and it introduces, you can go out to CBS and watch um, other shows mm-hmm. and then all of a mm-hmm. sudden realize, Oh, okay. I'll try discover. I'll try lower decks. It says yeah. star Trek on it. I'm not probably not going to be interested. I'd just be curious to see if they ever do a survey as to how many, what, how many people, how many viewers. Oh yeah. They are first, first timers. You know? they, they, uh, my understanding is they do that all of the times. And okay, I did it. So and I did it. I did it with Star Trek again. You did it. You did. I, and I, 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 I applied the Boba Fett. Applied the Boba. I, I love it. So I think, I think, listeners, given that Brad and I are drifting so far afield, we yep. are going to walk over to the GM corner. Um, let's let's just let's just before we do, let's just cap the obvious. Uh, I think it's fair to say Brad and I both think that based on the first episode alone, we'll see what happens. That the Book of Boba Fett is going to offer major potential to inform and invigorate playing role playing in star Wars. And my, my suspicion, Brad, is much like the Mandalorian did the book of Boba Fett is going to provide us material. We haven't seen or thought about before, certainly not through differing lenses and, and is just going to be really, really useful. Yeah, I'm I'm anxious for us to see more and to talk more about it, honestly. And I don't mean that in a cliche way. I really no. do mean that. No, we will we'll end up talking. I, I think in you know several episodes from now, at some point we will we will revisit. Um on that yes. note, before we drift anymore, let's walk over to the GM corner. Um, what else? I think I know what you're gonna say, because I can see you holding the stuff up on your desk. What else have you been reading, writing, watching, thinking about as it might pertain to RPGs? So I think we talked, we, this is the one thing I, we talked very briefly about, and that is, um, you know, I had a procedure, so I've been a little low key and laid up for a couple of days. Yep. Um, so I've taken this as an opportunity to binge. I can walk around and all that, just, just 
because of, you know, as of the day with this drops, which is tomorrow, yep. um, COVID is, is flaring up pretty good. Oh man. In a, in a pretty harsh way. So I've been keeping close to home, but, um, like I mentioned briefly before, I've been binging lower decks for the first time. Yes. Um, About I time. finished up, I'm up to, up to date now with star Trek. Um, I have it on my list to, um, rewatch the Mandalorian. Jason doesn't know the next one yet. I decided to rewatch again. DS nine. Ah, yes. So wait, wait, um, not, not start to finish. Yeah. From start to finish. Yeah. Oh, good for you. Yeah. I'm watching. I'm, I think I'm up oh to, God. I just finished episode four. So you're almost at the end, only 170 yeah. to go. <laughs> yeah. So it'll take me a while and I can, in some cases actually like, like speak the script. But um, for me, um, <clears throat> I thought it'd be a good winter thing um, yes. from a reading perspective. Um, I've been doing a little bit of reading on just because of the break. I did a bit of reading on Savage Worlds. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. There is a um, product that came out through um, Burning Wheel, again, my latest obsession, called Dungeon World, which is more of a dungeon crawl type of um, game. And it's, it's fascinating. I can see, I, we've talked about this. Any game you read, you can, you can use, whether it's a space or whatever, you can apply it to whatever, you know, what you learn in terms to the games you're playing. Um, same thing I told you, I think I mentioned to you before the holidays, the end of the year transition um same thing with watching other people dm but the one that caught my attention and so i've been looking through it is um a game that came out a number of years ago um had um kind of a cult following in a way they did a kickstarter which i was not a part of this is a kickstarter that occurred a while ago but um the books can be found relatively cheap on the secondhand market so I've been looking at Torchbearer. Jason can't see this. Oh, interesting. The, the second version of Torchbearer, mm -hmm. which is another one that was published by Burning Wheel. Interesting. So I now have three of the bigger items that either is either are published or partnered with Burning Wheel. Um, and so I just, just started to take a look at it. And then I just needed a little break from um, RPG stuff. And so I've been doing some other stuff with photography and all that. So that's nice. mine. That's mine. I know you've had a busy couple of weeks, but in the, in the time that you've had, mm -hmm. um, obviously Boba Fett, uh, yep. anything else, anything else been able to get on your desk or I know you've been doing some Becky Chambers stuff. Yeah. You know, um, there hasn't been a lot, Brad. Um, I, I, uh, trying to think here. Uh, I'm just plugging back into it now. You know, I, in in a few more episodes, we're going to talk about the Genesis uh, expanded guide, and so yeah. I have those dice on my uh, I have those dice on my desk. I've had them for a while. Um, I just actually it, it arrived today. I, I ordered it while I was still out of state. It arrived today a day early. Uh, I just started reading this morning. Uh, one of the novellas by Becky Chambers. Okay. And man, is she a good writer. I mean, so creative. This is, this is outside of the Wayfarer series. Um, this one might actually have its own applicability to role-playing. Um, and, and honestly, it's like I all often do these days. I've had a lot of, not, not as much lately, but I've had a lot of uh, Star Trek on my mind um although uh I'll, I'll wrap with this two things have kind of been conflating um the other day i watched the documentary sorry the documentary it's freudian slip it's not supposed to be documentary i watched don't look up on netflix which, uh, yes uh, which is you know i like dark humor it's really clever. It's really, uh, it's really good social commentary. It's well acted. Um, as someone who, you know, astronomy was my first love, going back to like first grade. Um, as as a scientist who, you know, who is all about peer review and whatnot, I just, I really enjoyed it. I got a kick out of it. 
I thought the episode, the, the, the episode, the ending was the, uh, there's a, the, the mid, it's actually not the episode, the ending, the mid credit scene was just hilarious. Um, I, I, but because it's like real world, real life, it, it has, uh, it's gotten me thinking of it for role playing. And then this is a bit loose, but I was working on the, um, the copy edit version of a paper a couple of colleagues and I have coming out that actually, believe it or not, has interplanetary in the title. And, uh, uh, and so I've actually, just in the past couple days as we record now, I've, I've had some more real life kind of stuff flitting around in my head, kind of mishmashing with sci-fi and RPG. So um, we'll see where any of that goes. Yeah, it's been it's been a you know a unique couple of weeks for all, for us. Just with yeah, lots of things going on, so yep. we haven't been able to to sit down and delve in like we have. But maybe it's a it'll be a unique thing to see what we talk about over the next coming weeks and see if yeah that sh- that break we had um, manifests itself in in our episodes. Um, we are pr- approaching episode 46. I still think we'll get our, uh, we're going to hit our stride. We're going to hit our stride in episode <laughs> right. 46. So if you don't know what that means, you're going to have to catch up on movies. Yeah. Um, and we have some surprises. We're not going to talk about them now, but we have no. some surprises that we'll be revealing in a few more weeks. Yep. Um, but, but to close this out, perhaps, uh, as you, as you listen to this, if you listen to it, when it drops, uh, we are recording this on the 2nd of January, and it will drop on the 3rd of January, 2022. And we should have, we should have begun our episode this way, but maybe it's better that we're closing it. Well, there, I, I, or is what I say, 2020 part three. 2020 part three, the 26 month, is that what you said? Yeah. 20, yeah. 26 month of 2020. Um, but seriously, a happy, healthy, meaningful safe new year to all of you. We will see you next week.